This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have the TSO's music director, Elaine Trudell, and by phone, who is actually on the road right now. Let me play a little musical fanfare to welcome our special guest. Yeah, we pulled out all the stops for that fanfare. Please welcome violinist Benjamin Bioman. Ben, glad to have you on the show today. It's good to be here, yeah. Yeah, so you're like in a car driving down in Florida somewhere right now, yeah? I am. I'm uh, in between concerts. I had a concert last night in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, and then I'm driving across the state to Sarasota for a completely different program for another concert tonight. Nice. And you are coming to the Peristyle. It's going to be Friday and Saturday. This is March 4th and 5th, 8 o'clock p.m. at uh, with the Toledo Symphony. Wonderful program here, but you're playing the Violin Concerto by Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, one of those wonderful works by a composer that I think people are just starting to really you know, discover and rediscover his music. And this is a wonderful opportunity for audiences to hear a world-class violinist playing this wonderful music. You can find information at toledosymphony.com or call the box office number. That is 419-246-8000. Ben, say hello to our panel here in the studio. I've got uh, Elaine Trudell as well as Zach Vassar. Hey, Ben. Hey. <laughs> so what we normally do in a situation like this when we have a guest is we ask you to to tell us your story, and in this case, it would be interesting to know how you became interested in the violin, and when did you decide to become, you know, a solo violinist? Um, Tell us that story and and your path to becoming what you are today. Now, I have a little music for you in the background. Let's see. (laughs) Now, there's either that... Hang on. Wait. <laughs> Elaine was dancing. I don't know. I'm not even sure those are real violins. Here's another one. <clears throat> that one wins. It's got to win. So what do you say, Ben? A or B? Yeah, I guess B. Yeah. Okay. yeah Zach <laughs> Good job. Your... You got one right. <laughs> Zach made your choice for you. You're on the board. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we wasted a few minutes there. It's time for Benj- Bio- ben- Benjamin Bioman. <laughs> Did you just give ben- him a celebrity name with his own first and last names? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Benj- right. Bile. Okay. We should let but, Ben get a word in edgewise here. We're just talking about him. By the end of the program today, we'll come up with a nickname for you, Ben. Um, what are we doing? Oh, you're telling us your story. Yeah, take us back to when you first held a violin in your little hands. The first violin I picked up was actually not a real violin. It was a, a macaroni box with a ruler taped to it. Uh, but I got into violin. I have I have an older sister. Uh, she's two years older than me, and she started Suzuki violin lessons through her kindergarten. I think when she was about five. And you know, the three-year-old, my mom would just bring me to all of her lessons and spot me off in the corner, let me do my own thing. And by the time I turned five, I decided, you know, I, this sounds pretty cool. I, I most definitely want to play the violin, and so I asked for my own instrument. Uh, you know, as we were growing up, my sister and I were um, 
we had a healthy amount of competition between us, let's put it that way. Uh, and so we kind of worked with each other to, to work harder and, and play play more. And uh, by the time I was about 10, I decided that, you know, this is, this is something I really love. I, I was good at it. Uh, I could see that I was progressing quickly. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go completely 100% into violin and try and be a soloist. So um, essentially, I, I don't remember a time when I was playing the violin. It's always been a part of my life, and uh, you know, very happily, my profession and kind of my my life calling. Get a cheer for that. Um, I I really think that for an encore as a peristyle, you should pull out a macaroni box and see what happens. <laughs> I remember using the macaroni box with a ruler, but I called it a guitar. So maybe that's yeah. why I didn't have a great career in violin. <laughs> Oh, well. Or guitar playing, for that matter. <laughs> ben, let, let's hear about your connection to Toledo. I know you, when you were a high school student, you, you did something here. Well, you lived in Ann Arbor for a while, so that's not too far away. Correct, yeah. I mean, I moved around quite a bit when I was growing up, but kind of in my most formative years, I was living in, in Ann Arbor, you know, kind of my middle school and high school years. Um, and, you know, as I was starting to come up as a violinist, I was competing in a lot of local and regional and some national competitions, and the Lido Symphony had a concerto competition, which I competed in and won, and that was one of my first opportunities playing as a soloist with the orchestra. So I think, I can't remember the exact year, but it's kind of in the early 2000s, um, you know, as a, as a high school student, I, I got a chance to play as a soloist. And I think you did the Twinkle, uh, Twinkle Little Star from the Suzuki book, is that right? <laughs> that was a few years earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Do you remember what you played, Ben? Um, I think it was the Gernavise, and I kind of like gypsy piece uh, written by Sarah Sache. I think I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember exactly. I think it was also with Thomas Wilkins. Well, I I want to do this little bit of a, a quiz that I have before we talk about the uh, concerto by Samuel Coleridge Taylor. So what I've done is, let me turn off that music, and I'll bring in some other music here for a quiz. All right. You all know what that is, right? Real strings this time. Yeah. A little pizzicato. Okay. So this is a Twitter smackdown, right? You guys know who uh, Two Set Violin is? Do sure. you know them, yeah. Ben? Yeah. Have you heard of them, Ben? Oh, <laughs> I think it's something I, you said. <laughs> I, I think it must have been something I said. Well, well he has an opinion. Let's see if he calls back. That's fine, because I was going to ask him not to say anything, <laughs> right? So we can go ahead and do this quiz. So the way that it works is I've got the Twitter feed of Benjamin Bioman and the Twitter feed of Two Set Violin, right, who are a, sort of a comedy duo, the violinists. Oh, hang on. Here's Ben again. Are you there? I am. Sorry about that, Brad. Oh, that's okay. As you know, I was just talking to you for ten minutes and then figured out you weren't here. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he said many profound things. Yes, always profound things. I was talking about two set violin, oh, and yeah. uh, we're about to start this quiz. It's uh, the Twitter smackdown, as I said. So, what you have to do is I'll I'll read the tweet or an excerpt from the tweet, and you have to tell me if it's. Ben or two set, okay? All right. <laughs> that sounds like a great quiz. So let me just get this straight. You're asking 
Benjamin Bilman to say whether he wrote it or somebody else wrote it. No, I want Ben just to say if it was correct or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Elaine and I are guessing, yes? Yeah. All right. All right, here we go. The first one. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Who would that be? Oh, I think it would be both, maybe. <laughs> At some point, I'm sure both people, or both Twitter accounts use that word. Yeah. yeah. That'd be both. No, that was Ben, right? Ben, you yeah, said I'm tonight. Very, very efficient, yeah. Yes. <laughs> So that's how it's going to be, huh? Yeah, right. tweets. <laughs> Efficient tweets instead of mean tweets, yes. Yeah. Okay, when you're late to rehearsal for the second time in a month, who was that? Was that Tuset or was that Ben? Well, that has to be Tuset because Ben is a soloist. He's never late. He comes when he arrives, right? Oh, that's, that's true. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. I'm, with, I'm right. with the maestro on that one. Never mind that question then. <laughs> It was actually in response to a tweet from SP, uh, ESPN where they said, name something that isn't an Olympic sport but feels like an Olympic sport, <laughs> right, when you're late to rehearsal for the second time in a month, whatever that means. Okay, here's the next one. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow. Who would that be? Hmm. That sounds like Ben Bionic. Yeah. Yay! That's Ben. Okay. So that goes to Zach. I realized I was not keeping track here. I'm sure I'm winning. Yeah, you are winning, actually, by one. Okay, next one. Don't take everything for granted. Is that Ben or Tuset? Oh, Ben. Oh. Well, you know what, what do you I, say, Zach? I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Tuset violin said that. Yeah, yeah very good. Boy, Zach may win this quiz. All right. Making beautiful music. Exclamation point, right? If I was that, Victor Borga, that, I'd be like... That, oh, that can't be two sets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, who is I've it? I've heard them. <laughs> Making beautiful music. Who is that? Benjamin Bauman. Yeah. See, Zach got it. You didn't say it, Elaine. No, I said it. I said it can't be them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll give it to you, Elaine. I'll give well, it we to can you. have both, right? Ben, are you still there? <laughs> I'm still here. I'm, I'm hearing you read my tweets, and I'm thinking maybe I need to up my social media game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a good one. There was a lot going on with Mozart in 1787. This is actually a retweet from one of these artists. Ben or Tuset? Uh, Tuset. Oh, no, God. it's not Tuset. It was Ben I keep in, being wrong, in a retweet. Oh. Just make sure you're tempting. Okay. I didn't yeah, write that. <laughs> I didn't write down who you were retweet, retweeting, so you know, you'll have to figure that out for I yourself. I don't have a concert today. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hey. All right, here's the next one. It's him. Is that H-I-M or H-Y-M-N? <laughs> H-I-M. <laughs> it's him. Uh, I'm going to go two-set on that one. Yay! Yeah, it's two-set. Definitely. Well, Zach in the lead by two. Set. Okay. Oh. You're not right. Point. <laughs> You're not right. That's a tweet from whom? Ah, oh, that's two set. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. got one, yes. <laughs> I just yes. had to look away. I couldn't even look at you if that buzzer sounded again. <laughs> that, that was in response to a tweet. That was in response to a tweet that said classical music, more like classical music. Am oh. I right? Gonna have to bleep that out later. Yeah, you right? might need yeah. to. I'm not even sure that's a word, though. Just yeah. To, yeah. Well, whatever. The answer was, you're not right, right? Because they said, am I right? Okay, thanks, Josh. Who's that from? <laughs>
<laughs> wow. Uh, Merwin? <laughs> that's going to be uh, Ben Bileman. Yeah, that was Ben. Yeah. You remember that, Ben? You were thanking Josh, Josh. And then for some reason, his tweet disappeared. So I don't know what what the deal is. He completely, yeah. How can I forget that one? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know you spend your day thanking your fans. So I figured, you know, we had to rep for that one. All right. Why not wake up to some sultry French music? Oh, too sad. No. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know the piece. I, yeah, I don't know what it was. Do you remember what it was, Ben? Honestly, since I, I can't read what I'm retweeting, I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Alain, do, do you only wake up to French music? I mean, that might just be like waking up to music for you, right? Uh, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not French Canadian uh, music. Je ne sais quoi. So I wake up to je ne sais quoi. Okay. Seems like I'm only waking up now on this quiz. <laughs> to translate oh, yeah. je ne sais quoi, it's for folks. Well, for this quiz, it's a je ne sais rien. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything. I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got two of these to go, okay? <sighs> Posting a really fun video today. Who was that? <laughs> okay, that's two set. Yeah. You can do no wrong. The you. final one is the ultimate trick to not butcher a Bach piece is to not play. Ah, uh, two set. <laughs> How do oh, you know two. that? <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Five for Elaine. One, two, three, four, five, six for Zach. See, he was much closer oh, than you Wow, yeah. Zach is the winner. But you know what? I want to say that uh, Benjamin Bileman and Tuset Violin, they're the winners on that. They're the ones who are going to social media and trying to you know, make sure that we get glimpses into their life and creativity. So bravo to them. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not going to do applause for that one, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Maybe for Ben, <laughs> we'll do that. So, um, uh, sorry, go ahead. Your go, show. That's <laughs> all right. I yield the floor. I yield the floor to, to Zach. I just wanted to go back to the the uh, concerto competition that you won in your high school days. It's a great great part of our organization that we've always spent a lot of time focusing on young talent. It's a focus of our our symphony league and uh, pulling this um, this wonderful young artist competition across the line every year has been a, a remarkable part of <laughs> of what we do. So yeah. really excited to see you make the victory lap. Mr. Bileman, because you get to uh, come back now as a concerto soloist, which I think is really fantastic on the Masterworks program. Yeah, totally. Now, you are playing this violin concerto by Samuel Coleridge-Taylor. It's one of his better-known works, but I wonder if you want to talk about it. And Is this a piece you've played in the past, Ben? Yes. Um, I played it uh, actually for the first time only recently back in, in the fall with the Indianapolis Symphony. Uh, it's a piece that, I mean, obviously it was written basically a hundred years ago, but, um, it's, for whatever reason, it didn't really enter the repertoire, but it has everything that a great violin concerto should have. I mean, it has soaring melodies, tons of virtuosity, a lot of great kind of interplay between the solo part and the orchestra. The second movement is like unfathomably beautiful. Um, it's got a huge heroic ending. I mean, it has truly everything and, and kind of, my only idea of why it couldn't be part of the repertoire is I think Samuel Coleridge Taylor, he died 
fairly prematurely. I think he was in his late 30s, yeah. and a lot of people suggest that he was kind of just overworking himself. So maybe he didn't have enough time to build up a you know a body of repertoire. But it's it's a fantastic piece, and I'm so happy that the the symphony programmed it. Yeah, and it's an interesting program pairing that with the Symphony Number no. Five of Tchaikovsky, and this new piece. All of it is conducted by Giordano Bellincampi. Now, Giordano has been in Toledo many times, but uh, have you guys worked together before? We have. Uh, we worked together in Tasmania, actually, in Hobart, uh, in Australia. And this was before COVID, I want to say, I think two years ago. Uh, I did, did really, really love his conducting. I remember we did a great Tchaikovsky concerto, and he's... He's like a, an incredible figure on the podium. He has a, an ability to really just draw every single player of the orchestra to him and to the solo part. And it's, it's his sense of uh, hierarchy and values within music are completely what I also aspire to. So he's he's one of my favorite collaborators. We adore Giordano as well, and you know, Ben. It's interesting because uh, after that performance that he did with you, he came to us with a suggestion that uh, that we might bring you to Toledo, um, one of his future concerts. Uh, and I think it's 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 interesting that it took uh, an Italian conductor <laughs> in Tasmania to bring a, a local boy back home to the Toledo Symphony. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a small yeah, world, as they yeah, say. It's great. Yeah. Uh, ben, tell us about the violin you're going to bring to the peristyle. You were telling me that you're you're playing on a Guarnieri. You have a sometimes you have a Strad. I mean, what what's going on with all of that? He just leaves them everywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's whatever he can find. <laughs> Leave them in the back of a taxi cab, <laughs> well, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean they're used, of course. Um, <laughs> it's it's a long story, and I won't bore you with it. But often I'm I have an instrument on loan from. Well, a hang on, hang on. Let me get. Let me. Uh, here we go. We'll give you a little music. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Okay, tell the uh, story. So the last three and a half years, I've played on a Stradivarius on loan to me from uh, the Nippon Foundation, which is a instrument collection. Uh, it's a long story, but because of COVID, they decided to recall all of their instruments that they had loaned out. And so I'm playing on a different instrument on loan. Uh, and this is a violin that uh, the great Viennese violinist, Fritz Chrysler, once played on the, the Peter of Mantua Guarneri violin. Uh, I think it was made in 1702 in Cremona. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, do you notice like a, a difference between these amazing quality violins when you play them? How would you characterize really? them? Completely different. I mean, the the qualities. <laughs> I, I can feel I can feel Fritz Kreisler's tone played into this particular instrument. There's a wow. kind of. Uh, connection between each of the notes that is very, very different from the Strad that I often play on. The, the Stradivarius has a kind of angelic, soaring quality, and this Guarneri most definitely has kind of like the gutsy, guttural, dark, creamy, rich mm. chocolate sound, especially on the lower end. Oh, nice. You're making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you only can play Chrysler cadenzas on that violin, right? <laughs> you know what's amazing? I actually, just before Florida, I was in Vienna, so I got to play his violin in his city, and I did play a Chrysler piece as an encore for the concerto. Outstanding. Wow. That's, That's great. great. Yeah, fantastic Yay! story. <laughs> Love that. We've been talking with the violinist Benjamin Bileman, who is coming to the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle on Friday and Saturday evening, March 4th and 5th. 
8 o'clock p.m. You can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. The conductor of this program is Giordano Bellincampi, and there's also the Symphony Number no. 5 of Tchaikovsky and Murmuring Light, a new piece by the New Zealand composer Selena Fisher. And Ben is going to be playing the Violin Concerto by Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, on his wonderful Guarnieri, which he made sound so delicious just now. Don't we, eat it, Brad. We were talking about it. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't indeed. Um, ben, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're on the road, so the fact that you were talking to us on your cell phone while while uh, traveling through Florida right now is uh, is a wonderful thing. So thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. My Please pleasure. bring. I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Thank you. Please bring some of that Florida weather north. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll do. Safe travels. Take care. Thanks. Take care. So we're going to hang on for a little bit and talk about the other repertoire on this concert because there are two pieces that, that just could not be more different. I mean, Murmuring Lights. I've, I've listened <laughs> to the music. I saw a performance of it on YouTube that Giordano conducted. And it's very light. It's very, you know, it is kind it of ebbs and flows. <laughs> it basically is what the title says, murmuring light, right? There's a lot of murmuring at the mm-hmm. beginning. There's mm-hmm. like a bode marimba kind mm-hmm. of effect going on. A bode marimba? Yeah, a bode marimba that it starts with. And I don't know, have you, you do you know the piece at all, Lane? Well, a little bit because, um, you know, Giordano is one of the few conductors that... Uh, you know, when you're music director, you usually uh, program most of what's on everybody's program. Once in a while, you get a conductor that uh, we all know and love and we know very well, we trust completely, and uh, we try to give them as much freedom as possible. Now, we really wanted to have uh, Ben, uh, and and the fact that he proposed them was like, oh, this is great, this is a good match. And uh, the Tchaikovsky Symphony is something we want to put on our program. He was a uh, he was amenable to that, so we talked about the concerto. He proposed the concerto, and he he's bringing with him this this piece, also. So it was uh, it's rare that we give uh, that much freedom, but mm-hmm. he's such a great artist, such a great conductor, and our orchestra really likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good because then then he comes in and he feels that he has something he wants to share with us, something very special to him, and it's in the region where he works a lot, also. So uh, that, that's something very uh, very unique. That the, the relationship that we have with Giordano is very unique. So mm. we're very happy to have him to present this piece and, of course, to conduct Ben and to conduct Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, let's talk about the Fifth Symphony of Tchaikovsky. Um, you know, you have an affinity, Elaine, for Tchaikovsky. Uh, it's I our know, theme music. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we start with it's theme music. Four, I, yeah. I have a, a weird Tchaikovsky quiz, by the way. I, okay. I had to dig deep to find a subject that I hadn't Do we have to pick before. between his tweets? And... No, no, okay. no uh. tweeting from Tchaikovsky, <laughs> no. No, but let, let's talk about uh, the Symphony Number no. 5, which mm-hmm. is his penultimate mm-hmm. symphony, mm-hmm. right? Um I've got a fun fact here, Chike 5. I'm sure you know this, uh, that if you're a John Denver fan, you could also be a Tchaikovsky 5 yeah. fan, right? Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. That's yeah. John Denver. And, and Sinatra. And Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
at one time, <laughs> Brad Creswell, you can sound both just like John Denver and Frank Sinatra. It's very That's my impression. I sound just like him. You, you, you couldn't tell? Oh, well. I thought you put my daughter. I was, I was, <laughs> after we spoke with uh, Sinatra's granddaughter, A.J. Yeah. Lambert, last week, I, I decided I, I couldn't do that impression for her. So. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just, you know, uh, the time of day, I guess. Anyway, I know, Zach, you have some stories about Track 5, but maybe you want to set the stage for us, Elaine, and talk yes. a little bit about this symphony. Absolutely. So so the, it's part of the three symphonies of, uh, Odyssey, of Destiny of Fate. Uh, they mm-hmm. call it Fatum of Fate, not Destiny, but Fate. And it's always in a very dramatic way. Those three symphonies, it's funny how we connect those three symphonies, mm-hmm. but they're not that connected. Yeah. Uh, the fourth was, you know, 10 years before. And then he wrote a little thing called Manfred Symphony. It's actually yeah. his longest piece symphony he ever wrote. But what's interesting is that he moves away from the symphonic structure in Manfred. It's kind of a half symphony, half symphonic poem. Mm-hmm. And it, it, so the fifth is written right after that, like a year and a half after that, and which is 10 years after the fourth. So he's really in a mood that, that's more uh, exploring and dramatic and cyclic. That's the cyclic, sorry. Yeah. That's the most important thing is that he uses he uses the material as at the beginning. And at the end, it has the same thing, right? So it's kind of, it's not that he recycles, but he takes the music and it's, that's something that he did, that Schumann did just before him. And that was very, very important in the music in the 20th century of Mahler, for example. So there's something in different places in the world that that started doing this cyclic uh, symphony, which brings you, it's like it's uh, it's a connection almost between a symphony and a tone poem because mm-hmm. there's a little, you know, you come back with something very important. It's like a leitmotif, right? The theme, the principal theme of fate comes in. Same as da 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 da, and the fourth mm-hmm. that comes in again, the cyclic a little bit, but just a little bit. But the symphony and the and the and the fifth, even in the the second movement, mm-hmm. it comes back right mm-hmm. when we have uh, the really loud part in the middle and the you know, yeah, you have the beautiful French horn, uh, the John Denver yeah. solo, Annie song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Can't believe Tchaikovsky ripped that off. But <laughs> but <laughs> he, then, he was clairvoyant; he could see into the future and exactly. Steal. Steel melodies. But when you get to the the high point of that, the climax of that, then whoops, we come yeah. back with that theme, you know? And the theme is always seen through different lenses. You have mm-hmm. the beginning very soft, not that very dramatic, mm-hmm. very triumphant in the, the last moment. So I think that uh, this is an important symphony in the sense of everything that it brings in the cyclic mode, and it, it really influenced other composers after, you know? Yeah, well, it also has those great themes, oh and I just want to yeah. say we can we can sing to our heart's content because it's all in public domain, so <laughs> feel free, Elaine. <laughs> sing, sing your heart out when it comes to track five. Well, uh, we've got plenty of melody. You, you already sang some of them that... The opening, da 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 da. Yeah. Well, for 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 our listeners, right? Yeah, you, you have yeah. this opening theme, which will come later because it, it only comes. Uh, you know, at the beginning is just so 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 da so so so. It feels like it's a little chorus. It's very. Yeah. You it's keep it's it so under. insular. Too. Yes. Yeah. And then you, da 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 There's two really two classical composers that we can say quote unquote. The guy could write a tune, right? Yeah. Tchaikovsky, Dvorak. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Those guys, you can go in their, in their uh, wastebasket, look, and you take what they throw away, and you say, oh, this is amazing. I could have a hit with this, you know? <laughs> like well, Brahms said that at Vorchek. Tchaikovsky the same. He could really write a tune. Sometimes, to the detriment of him wanting to develop more, mm -hmm. he's not yeah. like the master of development, no. but who cares? I mean, you know, that's not his MO. I mean, it, basically, what he does is write a tune and then another tune and then another tune and then you're, they're stuck in your head all day. So, but he he and Dvorak were similar in that they liked using so much folk music. So you're talking, you're talking about this, Brahms and Dvorak? Sorry, uh, Tchaikovsky and Dvorak. Oh, Tchaikovsky and Dvorak. Um, and you know, I think that was one of his potential limitations is that he was trying to use all of this Russian folk music mm -hmm. which doesn't develop <laughs> very easily. In that yeah. 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 But um, you you definitely see that at play in, in the Fifth Symphony. Um, I I I want to go back to because you were talking about the the cyclic symphonies mm -hmm. of four, five, and six. Uh, and so six how, how does six uh, fit into this trio? Well, I I think that six is kind of its own thing. I mean, you know, like uh, you have five, you have four. Even if five is ten years later, you, it's connected more with Manfred for yeah. me. And then six is only it's only what four years after. Yeah. But six is kind of, he knows it's going to be a kind of a testament a little bit. You can mm -hmm. feel it already. Six breaks a lot of barriers, right? Because it finishes with this slow movement. So yeah. if somebody has the, the, the guts to really, uh, finish with the slow and it's, how do you say, gut wrenching yeah. slow movement? I think the, and the six has a, has some development also. It's a, mm -hmm. surprising, right? Uh, but it happens also. It's like in Mahler 9, you know, some people said he can't write a fugue, so he wrote a triple fugue in the third <laughs> movement. So Tchaikovsky people were criticizing him and say, oh, he can't develop. So he yeah. did a lot of that. Yeah. But five is like, I would say the last one of the, very tuneful symphonies. Yeah. It's of course his most popular. Yeah. Uh, because of the Ré do si ré do la si do mi. <laughs> you can just imagine Megan playing this. I can't. Wait I mean, to it's, hear it's amazing, it's, right? It's like Rachmaninoff almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the the apple didn't far <laughs> and yeah. fall far from the tree, right? So, uh, and you have that, and and always like the movements are very defined, you know. Da, 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 da. I'm half yeah. going too high, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's an it's interesting little waltz. I don't really know what to do with that third movement. Sometimes we play it, uh, it's one of those movements that is kind of a, I think there's so much intensity in the second mm -hmm. movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, emotionally, when you mm -hmm. do, the first movement is quite intense also. Mm -hmm. And then what you go in the second, that looks like going to be a repulse, a beautiful uh, aria with the horn, because mm -hmm. we can call it an aria, you know, it's, uh, and then it develops and then it tense again and yeah. then again and then you need something just to relax yeah. for a little while. So it's a palate cleanser. Well, yeah, yeah it's a palate cleanser yeah. and and it has a lot of, uh, you know, it's like you remember times that were easier a little bit. Yeah. And then we go back like, oh, we're starting the first movement again with the last movement. No, yeah. it's a harmonize another way. It's a major, yeah. right? It seems optimistic. Mm -hmm. And then it's like all, everything breaks loose after that. And then you have the, Tchaikovsky did not like the end of his symphony. Interesting. He yeah. really thought it was a big failure for him that at the end of his fifth, because, you know, he sits there at the premiere. It's very bombastic and yeah. it's a, but you know, it, it, like it drills the point home a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, I, but I think I personally, I see a little bit more uh, connection with uh, Shostakovich fifth, the end, you know, it's a little bit sarcastic, mm -hmm. a little bit, not as sarcastic and Tchaikovsky, but you know, that, that much triumph always hides something, right? Mm -hmm. If you're acting, uh, you know, bombastic, or if you're uh, acting super triumphant, it's because there's something a little sad inside. So mm -hmm. you don't want to finish like that, which he does in the sixth. He right. uh, acknowledges his inner self in the sixth. 
He has the bombastic third movement and finishes with the slow movement. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I, I think it, it takes a while to uh, to accept yourself. <laughs> yeah. so, I remember when I was in uh, in in school, I was doing a score study and I mm. I, I, I analyzed the Fifth Symphony and, and something that shocked me was the number of tempo changes in that second movement. I mean, mm. it's almost every measure, every couple measures, there's a different tempo. How do you do that as a conductor? I mean, do you just kind of like say like, we're going to take the, the middle of the road and just conduct it straight through or are you no. constantly changing it? No, I think that, though it's a good point, actually. It's, uh, I think the, um, the idea behind that is to make it a, a rubato a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he's, instead of telling you with words what he wants, mm -hmm. he's, uh, cause that, that was not so popular at the time. Like if you take the Bussy or Mahler or Ravel, they, they, they will write a phrase or two phrases or three phrases. Mm -hmm. Do this like that. Uh, mm -hmm. don't take too much time here yet. Give time to the music to breathe and don't do the triplet too slow. They, yeah. they will write those. But uh, in a more uh, romantic, uh, in the classical way, I mean, a romantic period with you, where you put like, you know, dotted uh, quarter equals uh, 72 or something like right. that. So it gives you a sense of what is the andante. Andante in music is a very, is, is, is a big, big basket. <laughs> like Mo in Mozart, <laughs> everything is andante. But, but you can have a, an andante in two that moves a little bit. Like mm -hmm. You can have an andante mm -hmm. that's very poised. You can have all the secrets are in the little details. If an andante has a cut time, or if an andante is in two, or if it's a six eight, or if it's a four four, but you, it gives you a sense of uh, what is the style more what more than mm -hmm. the tempo. Mm -hmm. So in that second movement, for example, it shows okay we want the beginning a certain time. Ah, we want the horn to take a little bit more time here, and then we pick it up a little bit when the when the so the clarinet comes in mm -hmm. and the oboe comes in, and then we oh and then it goes we come back to the the tempo of the first movement because. Mm -hmm. it, it's uh, analog to the first movement, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, when you study it, you, you can see the relationship between the movements, rather the relationship in the same movement. Got it. That that's another cyclic thing, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I always felt like there. Once I I saw that in the score, because I never really heard it in a in a performance. When it when I saw it in the score, it then created this almost sort of like um, uh, limping feel to mm. what is otherwise a very you know languid. Uh, movement in that it 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 feels like it might rush a little bit and then pull back and rush and pull pull back and like the irregular heartbeat almost. I think the secret is really to relate to the other movements. And yeah. but uh, it's it's an error that, uh, for example, young conductors do a lot mm -hmm. is they they relate to to tempies in one movement mm -hmm. in a cyclic piece and they go, oh, this goes with this. And if you can relate with the outer movements, sure, then you you find what the composer really meant because yeah. he probably wrote those tempies after. Right. You know, <laughs> he said it goes a little bit like this. How right. can I give the guy or the girl who's going to conduct this fifty years from now a, right. a clue to what I'm looking, what I'm looking for, and to what to relate? And the last moment, like ta da 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 pa 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 pa, you know. So well, it gives it, you the idea. In that first movement, though, I, I I'm always surprised by the amount of variation within different recordings. Sometimes I think I don't know the tempo markings one twenty, one thirty, uh -huh. something like that. Um, it can be so slow. Uh, you, you listen to like the <laughs> Chalabidake recording. It's it's uh, gorgeous. But there's it's... a word for that. <laughs> it's called ego. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you listen so to Chalabidake, yeah. sorry, God bless his soul, oh, he's a wonderful a great musician. Conductor, yeah. But he, he conducted Chalabidake on every piece. Yeah. You know, and if you were try to conduct Tchaikovsky and Tchaikovsky and Beethoven and Beethoven, yeah. 
then you're probably closer to them. That's what I like also about yeah. our guests. I mean, yeah. he he respects that, and that's. Uh, I try to get people here that uh, put the ego aside. I think yeah. our public appreciates also that. Yeah. You know, we we're at the service of the music, but sometimes you know some people that have such big egos. I, I don't know conductors. Uh, how do you say ego in French? Uh, uh ego. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. I thought that was a waffle. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's ego. Oh, got it. Lego, oh, my yeah. ego. <laughs> Lego, my pride. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. You know, interrupt your your ongoing discussion of Tchaikovsky and Symphony Number no. Five. But I want to do part of this quiz because I did a lot of work on this quiz, and and we're going to get to it. Let's do it. This is a gaming Tchaikovsky quiz. So it's just true or false. These video games do they use the music of Tchaikovsky? Mm. And I have specific examples. Okay. okay. So, do either of you play video games? You know your video game landscape. Absolutely I, not. I think the last video game I played was Tetris uh, in nineteen eighty-nine. Okay. Yeah. Well, there is a Tetris uh, question on here. But I have me... one on my TV. If I press like two, I get a yeah. channel. If I press three, I get sports. If I press four, I get something. Video games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I yeah. thought that was a video game. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> let me pull Tetris up some music. <laughs> okay, here we go. In the video game Little Big Planet 3, a remix of June Barcarol appears in the game. Mm-hmm. Is that true or false? Now, l- let me read all of these six mm-hmm. clues and then we'll come back. Okay, so the first one, true or false. The second one is in the video game The Last of Us Left Behind. Tchaikovsky's March Slav is featured in the downloadable content area. <laughs> that's true or false. This is just a 50-50, you know. Mm. All right. I like how you say that, as if it's going to help us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in The Evil Within Part 2, Tchaikovsky's orchestral piece Serenade for Strings is associated with serial killer Stefano Valentini. I thought that was a movie. That's a video game? Yeah, evidently. I don't even know the movie, but okay. This is more my style. Wii Sports. In Wii Sports, the golf background music is Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. True or false? In Paper Mario, the Origami King, the game features a comedic ballet production of Swan Lake as well as a punk remix. True or false? And the final clue, The Sims. Every time a Sim falls in love, Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet is heard. You know that? I've never heard that. I can sing that one, too, because it's in public domain. Yeah. Okay. So we got all those six? Oh, yeah. The first one, Little Big Planet 3, remix of June Barker Rule. True or false? Total true. Um, no, that's false. It's actually... <laughs> I, I had false. It's actually Waltz of the Flowers. Waltz of the Flowers instead of June Barker Roll. Mm-hmm. I know people get those two mixed up, yeah. but, you know, that's what quizzes are for. Now, in The Last of Us Left Behind, March Slav is featured in the downloadable content area. Is that true or false? Why not? <laughs> that's totally true. true. Yeah. It's false. Oh. Okay. <laughs> It's actually the string quartet number three that, that gets played. Ooh. Oh, okay. I love the, the string quartet. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
The Evil Within 2. This is the one that Zach says is a movie also. Mm -hmm. Tchaikovsky's orchestral piece Serenade for Strings is associated with serial killer Stefano Valenti. It doesn't sound like serial killer music to me, but maybe you're never supposed to be able to tell a serial killer. Mm -hmm. So mm, I'd say true. Totally true. true. Hey, I got one right. You got one, I got one. (laughs) I I didn't get that Which one one did you get? I got the first one. one. Oh, you got the first one? Okay. You're the score master. I, I got the next three. Uh, well, we haven't even done the next three. <laughs> All right, Wii Sports. The golf background music is "Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy." True or false? Of course, yes. No, <laughs> I tried my luck. That's false because there is no music by Tchaikovsky ah, in there. Okay. You had a lot of fun with this, huh? I did indeed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I spent. 10 minutes working on this thing <laughs> with all the sweat, blood, and tears. All right. In uh, Did I do this? No. Paper Mario, the Origami King. Mm-hmm. This game features a comedic ballet mm-hmm. production of Swan Lake mm-hmm. as well as a punk remix. Mm-hmm. True or false? That's true. That's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> you figured I'd done too many false ones, so that had to be true, right? Okay. And for the final clue, The Sims... The Sims. Every time a Sim falls oh, yeah. in love, this Tchaikovsky's true. Romeo yeah. and Juliet totally is heard. Yeah. No, oh, there's no Tchaikovsky wrong. in The Sims. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah. So, you just changed that T to an F. I see what, what? you do. Put a little no, no, thing no, right I in did there. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's no, I, I had do, T's yeah. and F's. I yeah. forgot to <laughs> take out the one that was not right, so That's I just guessed. But. That's okay. We did all right. Wow. We'll, we'll come is, back to that. This is how I answered each of those. <laughs> uh, Zach, you got some stories about Chuck 5. I know you you said that you could tell a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I have many stories about Chuck 5. Uh, one that I'll, I'll, I'll share today is that um, when I was an intern at the Toledo Symphony uh, years ago, I remember I was uh, finishing up my internship. And it was the final masterworks of the season. We called them classics then. So it'd be the May masterworks, I want to say. And Elaine Grimaud was playing Rock 2, and Chug 5 was the finale. And uh, we had a, a transition in our, our horn section, um, and our, our, uh, our new principal horn was uh, Sandra Clark. And I was standing backstage before the performance, and um, I said, um, "We, you know, there, there's this wonderful horn solo tonight. Are you nervous?" And I know that's probably not a question you're supposed to ask. You a did musician. that. You went backstage. <laughs> yeah. just and um, and she said, "Is this no. when you were an intern?" Yeah. I oh, okay. I, I asked dumb questions when I was an intern, but she said no, and I just have to let it breathe. Oh. And um, I just remember watching that performance and feeling for the one of the first times that I was, you know, getting to see the inside of the Toledo Symphony, mm-hmm. which meant a lot to me. But I always think back to that moment when we had um, the Chike Five and how beautifully she she played it. It was really great. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's great. What's now? You've conducted this before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you conducted it in Toledo before? No, not no. in Toledo. But I done many times. I played it. I, it was one of the. I conducted it many times, and um, it, I, the first time I played it is very funny because it was my first week uh, playing in the Montreal Symphony. Hmm. Uh, I played. We played some youth, you know, concerts, and then we played Track Five at the end of the week uh, for Masterworks, and well, it's not Masterworks, but it's the equivalent. And I was straight out of high school. 
So I, I, I returned to the first trumpet, and I was really, how do you say, bright-eyed? Is that it? Like, and, and bushy-tailed. Yeah. You, you, weren't a, uh, you weren't an intern, though, right? Uh, well, uh, I, was, I was 17. You right? were an so apprentice. I turned to the trumpet player. <laughs> He's younger I, than I am in the story <laughs> I just told. Yeah. I turned to the principal trumpet, James Thompson, and that legend, you know, <laughs> in words. I said, this is so much better than my school orchestra. <laughs> Can I just ask you what was his face as you said? Oh, that? he looked. He, he didn't. He didn't. He looked straight. He didn't look at me the rest of the week. It was he like couldn't. That. He couldn't fathom how to process what you had just well, said. Well, you know, when loud. you're a yeah. kid, you don't know. You just oh wow, yeah. this is so amazing. Yeah. You know? And I remember well because it was in winter. It was uh, in February because I slid on ice going to the concert and mm-hmm. blah, and I fell on my trombone oh, and I oh, broke no. my belt. Really? And yeah, oh, yeah. No. And I, no, it's okay. It's I. I opened it with my mm-hmm. hands, you know. But and we played the concert. Oh, you just went <laughs> yeah, like the Incredible Hulk. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, but just I was, pull uh, it open. I, I was a little nervous, you know, because I went, oh no, not really, really. And and finally, it was okay. You uh, want to finish up our Tchaikovsky quiz? I have uh, yeah, another sure. six questions. Same uh, category. Uh, sa- same category of of video games I've never heard of. Yes, All right, exactly. Gotcha. Although, I'll take video games I've never heard of for five hundred. You may have heard. You may have heard of a couple of these. Okay. Fallout Four. Have you ever heard of that? That's the no. time signature, right? Okay. There's a classical music radio station in the game that features both Swan Lake and March Slav. True or false? Okay. Destiny. Have you heard of that video game? Symphony number no. six is repeated is featured during several missions in which the player must interact with a Russian supercomputer named Rasputin. <laughs> okay, is that true or did I make that up? Tetris Attack. This hey. is a version of Tetris. You know Tetris. Uh, Tchaikovsky's eighteen twelve overture plays during the final phase of the game, complete with cannons. True or false? <laughs> And then Sea of Thieves, a shortened version of the 1812 Overture, is featured as a sea shanty in the game. True or false? Then Minecraft. You've heard of Minecraft, right? <clears throat> yeah? <laughs> my, my kids play it all the time. Okay. In the warped forest, Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake is heard in the distance. True or false? And finally, What Remains of Edith Finch? That's a video game I don't... I, I'm not familiar with. <laughs> what like a remains masterpiece mystery. Yeah. Well, during a baby's death scene, the Waltz oh. of the Flowers plays from the Nutcracker. <laughs> Sorry. Is that true or false? <laughs> You're laughing at dead babies or, or Waltz of the Flowers? <laughs> it's just these selections are yeah. terrible. <laughs> this is really... Yeah, this is macabre in a okay, strange well, this way. Is, right this yours. is the music right here. This is yeah. Waltz of the Flowers yeah. playing in the background. Yeah. So just imagine the baby's death scene. I have to tell you, I rolled them random. I don't know okay. those. <laughs> Going back to the beginning, Fallout okay. 4, classical music radio station featuring both Swan Lake and March Slav. Is that true or false? It's false. It's I got it. true. <laughs> it's true. Okay, in Destiny, Symphony Number no. 6 is featured where the player has to interact with a Russian supercomputer named Rasputin. True or false? say that's false. I got it again. <laughs> it's actually true. I thought it was too good. Wow, Elaine, yeah. you're starting to clean up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm auditing I, his comments. I, I think this is this is kind of a podcast on um, how do you say uh, the the law of probability? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay. 
Okay, uh, Tetris Attack. You gotta get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tchaikovsky's Easy 12 Overture plays during the final phase of the game, complete with cannons. True or false? That's totally false. Yay! You're right. It is false. Once again, you figured I wouldn't have three (laughs) trues in a row. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you could be so confident. Okay. Sea of Thieves, a shortened version of the 1812 Overture, is featured as a sea shanty in the game. True or false? Can you That's imagine? True. That's true. Yeah, it is true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two each. Oh, la, la. And you can actually. I waited for Outland to change his to false, and then I said true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1812 Overture gets a lot of play in these video games. Um, in this particular game, it's also playable by characters using any one of the game's four playable instruments. So there are instruments in this oh. video game. Yeah, sure, I knew that. Okay, in Minecraft, in Minecraft, in the Warped Forest, Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake is heard in the distance. True or false? That's false. Yay! Oh, you, you must be tie looking breaker. over my shoulder here. Okay. So that's the tiebreaker. We have three each. Mm-hmm. All right. So what remains of Edith Finch? During a baby's death scene, this music, Waltz of the Flowers, plays from the Nutcracker. True or false? That's what you say. Yeah. I'm saying false. Yeah, I got it. Uh, he got it. <laughs> That's true. I, I wrote all of my answers when you said the first question. Yeah. <laughs> you just did them randomly. You just went all the way down. Yeah. I, so, I had yeah. quiz that I really made a huge effort like against Merwin, mm-hmm. and I didn't do that well. It's probability. Eh? It's probability. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So Hold I've never on. seen anybody so excited about Kinder Totem Leader. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's Mahler. That's Mahler by proxy. Yeah. We have to bring in the Mahler bell for that. Yeah, we we had a couple Mahlers today. Didn't get dinged. Yeah. Well, we can ding them later. All right. Thank you. Again, just to uh, go over the concert that we're talking about today, it is uh, Friday and Saturday evening at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. Benjamin Bioman, the great violinist whom we spoke with earlier in the podcast, is performing the Violin Concerto by Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, also a new work by New Zealand-based composer Selena Fisher, and the Symphony No. 5 by Pyotr Tchaikovsky, Giordano Bellincampi, making a return to Toledo, uh, a favorite, definitely, of, of the orchestra. So he'll be heading up the program with Benjamin Bioman. You can find more information about that concert at toledosymphony.com or via the box office phone number 419-246-8000. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barbara Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser and Elaine Trudell and to our special phone guest, Benjamin Bielman, I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.